Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Charles. I'm Seth. And I'm Chris. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the final wrap-up of Stranger Things. So uh, if you haven't seen that, um, go watch it quick. And then uh, come right back here and uh, get our take on the... Uh, the uh, end of season four and uh, what we think might happen in uh, season five. Uh, I'm sure so some of when you have some opinions on that. When you say go watch it real quick, uh, do you guys have time for me to get caught up on season three and season four? <laughs> <laughs> well, also, do you have a turd? You need half a day at least because yeah, the, the ending is long. It is very long. Yeah. Yeah. How long is the ending of season four? The last, so the 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 second to last episode is like an hour and twenty, and then the the last episode I couldn't even get done is over two hours. Holy cow! It's like yeah, a, it's like a feature, feature length movie. Yep, yeah. it's good though. Oh really? I, I was twenty minutes shy. I was trying to wrap up this morning, and uh, I have twenty five <laughs> minutes left. I don't know what I'm I didn't make it either. <laughs> Boy, people are doing just whatever the hell they want with episodes of stuff now yeah yep. well yep. you know it's yep. the beauty of streaming you can you don't have to just sit there in a specific time frame and and uh stick to your what 55 minutes of airtime. you can make mm -hmm. it as long as you want so which i think is cool i like the longer shows because it really gives you a chance to get into the whole storyline yeah, and not get taken out by the yeah. title credits, and then you know have to start the next one. And in honor of the show, I'm actually wearing my shirt. I've well, have you worn shirt. anything but that shirt for the last week? <laughs> nope, nope. That's it. Every every time I see a picture of you on Facebook now, it's in that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, yep. in all fairness, the first day I got it, I did do quite a few posts. So, I, I suppose I should say, how many of that shirt did you buy? <laughs> that is a trade secret. <laughs> he just never but, washes it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, before we get started here and uh, this deep dive into uh, season four of Stranger Things, I wanted to mention the fact that Galactic Driftwood. Uh, was uh honored i guess i guess you'd call it honored uh, very much so right uh by we have uh placed on a list of the top 50 fiction podcasts and um there we are it's on feedspot you can find it and we'll post a link in the episode description but uh we've ranked 33rd in the top 50 so um you know, it's uh, we're not in the top 10, obviously, but uh, being in the top 50 and they, they say it's the 50 best fiction podcasts on the planet. And there's got to be a lot of there's got to be a lot of podcasts on the planet. Right. I mean, I feel like it's self-evident that we're at least in the top 50. But yeah, right. It's nice to have somebody else, uh, somebody else recognize it. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we'll post a link to that uh, in the description so you folks can check out some of the other podcasts. But we're on there with some pretty big names. Like there's a couple of New York Times podcasts on there and, and such. So um, uh, there is one podcast on there that's kind of strange uh, where the guy says he... Uh, 
his podcast is all about the fact that he fell through a trans-dimensional porthole behind a <laughs> Burger King, and he's now and he's now broadcasting from an alternate dimension, which like is, I guess, I guess Isn't it's good if Wi-Fi who? still works over there, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, but anyway, we are on there with some big names as well. So, uh, you know, check Yay. it out. Yay, yay us, yay, and us. thank you all, uh, all mm -hmm. our listeners, because uh, I'm sure you were, your numbers all helped contribute to our placement on that list, so, yeah. as well I as our... Comment some more, that would be fine. Yes, as well as the uh, input from our uh, very uh, creative and talented uh, hosts on the podcast. In honor of this, we should replay our 33rd episode. Right mm. now, we're done. Everyone have a good day. While we're talking, you can look up and see what our 33rd episode was. I'm just curious. <laughs> All right. So Stranger Things. So we know Seth is uh is a bit behind in it. And uh Charles and uh and I'm a little behind too. Are... Not not third season, but I'm not quite to the last episode. All right. So, All right. I'm mostly done. So Short right. of the last 20 minutes, I've, I'm caught up. I, All right. I tried. I tried. But... Well, we'll try to save. Uh, we'll try not to spoil it too oh, much. I, I, oh, no. Spoil it. We have to. Yeah, I love spoilers. All right. All right. All right. Might as well right. spoil it. Yeah. By the time you get to it, Seth, it'll all be out of your mind anyway. It'll all be new, and you'll be like, huh. It'll uh, all be out of my head by the time, uh, by the time we do lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> all right very bad all right well memory. yeah right so uh stranger things well so this season uh was kind of different um i like the way they approached it in the respect that um everybody was kind of um broken up um mm -hmm. our classic crew was uh separated in different parts of the country one part in california the other group still in hawkins and um of course at the end of uh season three uh hooper hopper hopper hopper, hopper. hopper. <laughs> i always get that wrong hopper uh disappeared and uh the final scene of episode or season three uh, does kind of a pullback, and we see that he's like in this prison camp, apparently in the Soviet Union, um, mm -hmm. where they also seem to have uh, some demogorgons in captivity. And so that was rather mysterious. So that's kind of where this season starts off. Uh, he is in that prison camp, and we see quite a bit of that... Um, of him in prison camp trying to be interrogated. He won't tell him anything. And, and uh, they end up uh, sending him to different prison camps until he finally gets to the one where they've got the Demogorgons. And he's basically going to be uh, meat for a Demogorgon's feast. Right? Yep. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they basically have this big... Uh, yard in the middle of the prison and they put about 10 prisoners in there and they have like a an area where the prisoners can go grab whatever weapons they want uh with the exception of like machine guns i think right they've got like yeah something, and... something like that but what's interesting before they get to that part is there's a scene there where hopper's sitting with everyone and uh they're they don't some of them don't realize they're getting fattened up for their last meal that they're about yeah. to be fed to the to the demogorgon. So they're, you know, Hopper's over here and and at the end of the table just drinking away and then kind of starts to lay out, look, you're you're fattening yourselves up. You're making yourself just more juicy for it to be food. That's all this is. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, and then they're gonna take us out there and feed us to the to the to the <laughs> demogorgon. So that that is what it is, but Hopper had a had a trick up his sleeve at that time too. Uh, with um, uh, he made it look like he was drinking this bottle, but really he was stashing it away uh, because uh, the the creatures don't like fire. Fire is like their worst enemy. So if he can right. get you know a light and uh, something that'll burn, he can he can fight the monsters, which is what he ultimately ends up doing. 
Right, because this is like a hundred proof vodka or something. Yeah, supposedly <laughs> drinking. Yeah, right. So they think he's getting wasted over in the end, and he's he's drowning in his own self pity, and it's, this is the end, guys. You know, and uh, <laughs> right. really, he's just kind of faking it and smuggles out the the bottle of vodka. So yeah, so he, are all the prisoners are just. Are all the other prisoners just like, no, man, you're overreacting. Yeah, yeah. will love us. Look at this nice meal well, they have he, provided. Hopper makes a he he get he lets them have their few minutes of enjoyment, and then Hopper, like I said, he just kind of lays it out, as <sighs> and then everything kind of gets somber after that. So uh, <laughs> it, it worked out, but uh, uh, it was it was pretty interesting, and I, I liked how Hopper kind of uh, shyly uh, kind of hid away the vodka there. Right. And then and then it was uh it was brilliant the way they're they're taking him out into the the pan area to face the demogorgon and um Hopper uh you know purposely stumbles into uh like mm -hmm. one of the lead guards, right? Yep. <clears throat> kind of knocks him over and of course that ensues a fight and so him and his uh the other buddy that he's with in prison there who's a Russian that was trying to work a deal for uh, a bunch of money from, um, from Joyce Byers. From Joyce. Yeah. Yeah. They were trying they were saying, well, uh, I, I think, uh, Hopper must've told him, uh, told him that he had like 40,000 in savings. And he said, if you can get me out of this prison, that 40,000 is yours. So of course he uh, gives him the number for Joyce and, uh, cause Joyce has access to be able to get to that cash. And, uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, he, he works out the arrangements for Hopper. If he can escape from prison, uh, he's got this guy on the outside. That's got a plane, uh, that's going to fly him back to the United States. But it turns out the guy in the plane is, uh, uh, an asshole. And, uh, yeah. So the guy on the left, the far left there, he's the guy that's, uh, working the deal to get yep. Hopper freed. <clears throat> And um, you may recognize him as the many faced man from Game of Thrones. Yes, he is right. Yep, right. So, <laughs> on the in the right photo, you see him in his guard uniform, um, walking along Hopper, kind of working out the details of the escape plan. And on the left, you see him now as a prisoner because he gets betrayed by the guy on the outside who decides, Hey, rather than split the 40,000, I can keep the 40,000 for myself and just turn in my right. partner guard as a traitor to the motherland or fatherland or whatever <laughs> they call Russia. <clears throat> so anyway, so he and Hopper are in that prison together and they're both going to get fed to the Demogorgon. And, but uh, Hopper bumps into the guard, creates a fight, and in the process, steals the guard's cigarette lighter. Yep. Uh, which he, of course he needed to light the alcohol on fire, but and then and nobody nicely, else realizes this at the time. By the way, Hopper no, just looks yeah, like nobody he's realizes trying to get his this. ass beat, right? <laughs> and so he and and uh, that guard friend of his, they both get taken off and thrown into thrown back into their jail cells, while the rest of the the crew get eaten by the demogorgon. So that gives Wait. him a little. So to punish him for assaulting yeah. a guard. Right. They decided that he'd have to wait to be eaten. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, you know, listen, when you think about it, Andy, imagine living with the knowledge that you're going yeah, to you're be gonna die. eventually yeah, you're be fed, fed to this, this monster. I'd rather get it over with quick if I'm going to go. I don't want to have to sit and dwell on the fact that I'm going to be devoured while I'm still alive. Mm -hmm. I. Right, you, you still knew that beforehand. Like he, like his situation only got better by not getting eaten immediately. Yeah, but but now uh, this is the first time that he's been in that prison where they've actually fed people to the demogorgon, as I recall, and so he's got to listen to all the screams Ugh. as all those people are dying. Yeah, Linda, better? bring up that picture again because I, I want to talk about Murray real quick. I, I, oh my I'd God, say Murray. better to hear the screams than to be making them. Better to hear them than be making them. <laughs> Fair. So uh, let's let's talk about Murray here real quick. So <clears> as <throat> yeah. as as Bill said, you know, Hopper's in this prison, and Joyce and and Murray, she she uh, uh, recruits him, know, recruits Murray to to help her get into russia and to break hopper out 
and they're gonna they're gonna you know follow this lead of the guy the the guy who ends up betraying them but murray is has become this unsung hero of many talents uh whether that's uh you know martial arts uh right. just coming in in, in a clutch from 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 uh hand-to-hand combat we see that he is he's actually uh not full of it um right and right. uh there's a cool scene on the plane that is obviously their crash behind them but um the guy uh, that they were supposed to trust ends up uh, tying them up and, and they get loose and there's a a scuffle that ensues on the plane and Murray shows some skills that, uh, yeah. you know, that a black belt he was touting wasn't for nothing and, uh, kicked some butt. And it was very surprising. Is Murray, and, the, is Murray the reporter from the first or the second season? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was a, yeah. Right. So he was a crazy, and, he was the crazy reporter from there that nobody yeah. really believed. And, they, need to, and, they need to give him his own show. They yeah. Just... And fortunately for, um, Joyce, he also speaks fluent Russian. Yes. Right. So then, at one point, to sneak into the prison, he 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 pretends to be the guy that was supposed to be making the deal because they they end up beating the crap out of him and tying him up and, and making him seem like he's the American. So he's got to play all Russian like, uh, and 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 have all these sayings and nuances and sneak them into the prison. So Murray ends up uh, really coming through, I think, in this season as yeah, he uh, way more resourceful than we probably all thought he could be from physical combat to uh mingling with the russians to kind of sneak them into this prison so um i always thought that was that was pretty good um so mary mary definitely was one of my you know my top three characters probably this season because he was the biggest surprise one of the biggest surprises Mm -hmm. i think he was good yeah yeah and and who was the guy that played the um trying to find him here the guy that played the uh smuggler Oh yeah, he Yuri. was actually pretty good. Yuri. Yeah. Yeah. He, Yuri, he was played by Nicola. Oh God, I'm gonna butcher butcher his last name. Jericho. Yeah. Anyway, he was he was hilarious. He was. Uh, he was uh yeah. He said the stupidest things. Uh <laughs> and uh uh he was always trying to his his main goal here was how can I screw everybody and walk away with all the money? That that right. was his sole exactly. motivation throughout the yeah. season was, you know, right. I can't be trusted. I'll help you, but I'm going to find a way to where, uh, you know, I screw you in the end. I turn everybody in. And yeah. uh, as long as someone's willing to give me a buck, you know, <laughs> I'll do it. That, that's right. kind of how much of a scumbag he is. Right. Well, and, and he's got this... Uh, church in this small village somewhere in russia mm-hmm. that he's got just filled with with contraband american stuff yeah american t-shirts jeans peanut butter is a huge thing yeah. flamethrower he's the yeah. peanut butter Which smuggler incidentally comes in handy later yep he's, uh, he, yeah he's the peanut butter smuggler yeah yeah that's what he's done is the peanut butter smuggler you need <laughs> hey. peanut butter i got you hey hey you want some yeah. peanut butter exactly yeah right from the states you know i'll I'll add if anything you know short of the the kids there was more surprises i thought and more kind of um short of will and we could talk about uh will in a little bit um because will's going through some personal struggles um but uh, uh the adults actually had more surprises i think in terms of character development and really kind of stepping up because the first few seasons were kind of the adults didn't believe anything was going on and the kids were doing all the work and now the adults right. are having to get in and, and roll up their sleeves and do a lot of the hard work um right. and we really saw that everyone really has to take part in this uh this time around so yeah and uh so in this episode we find or this season we find out that there's this this new character uh vecna that they call Vecna, mm-hmm. i guess and we also find out that he is also one. Yep, number one. Where, whereas eleven is eleven, he is number one. So he's the first he's child one. that they began working with in this secret government program. And uh, so um, he's really glad to get back to the real world and just start living his normal life and not cause yeah. problems for anyone or look for any sort of revenge. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be nice if it were that way? Of that. Yeah. 
That yeah. would have made for a terrible story, though, Seth. Yeah, we we come to find out that that ultimately Eleven pretty much created what Vecna ends up becoming. Oh, so um, Eleven was uh, obviously when she was being raised in that quote unquote hospital. Um, mm -hmm. that uh, number one was there and had been uh had his power suppressed. Uh, he was too dangerous, and he was evil. Yes, he was evil. And through a sequence of events, he tricks Eleven into taking out what he was calling a tracker, you know. Um, and it was really something that was suppressing his powers. And when he convinces Eleven to uh, remove it, uh, he goes on a killing spree, basically, and kills all the kids in the place. Um, and when Eleven finds out, uh, she basically... Uh, has a one-on-one -on -one telepathy battle with him and banishes him off into what we know as the Upside Down. Well, when that happened, um, that's when uh, Vecna is basically created. He's he's disfigured and all this stuff when he ends up in this world, but that's where he comes in contact with the, uh, uh, what do they call it, the Mind Flayer. Yeah. Um, and all the other creatures, the Demigorgons and all that, that's when... Uh, number one, or as we now know, Vecna is created. He becomes part of that world, and his ambition is to, uh, if he can kill X amount of people, I think the somehow the clock's chiming four times is representative. If he can kill four people, get into their minds, he's opened up these gateways. Each time he's creating cracks within the two worlds, and if he can create enough, he can bust through and enter our world. Um, so inadvertently you know again 11 kind of is who created this monster but he was somebody that had to die anyways um <laughs> so through happenstance she she sends him to the upside down and he becomes more powerful more powerful than i could ever imagine you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much which is which is kind of weird because we kind of see uh uh that scene and i don't know if you've gotten to that part chris but where Vecna kind of shows what happened after uh, yes. 11 yep. banished him to the Upside Down. Yep. And he's kind of walking through the terrain of the Upside Down and he sees Demogorgons walking on the terrain in the distance, you know. Mm -hmm. The Mind and, Flayer, um, he sees all of that, yeah. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> how he survived and wasn't killed in that interim time by a demogorgon i don't know maybe he maybe because of his mind powers he was able yeah to i would assume that he was powerful safe. enough to where he could take control of of all the creatures there um yeah that was my assumption you're right though because i was wondering the same thing i was like well are we going to see one attack him and, and see maybe right. how he asserts his dominance over it but right. you really you really don't see that and, and maybe they maybe they'll give us some more history mm -hmm. on that later it's hard to know but um uh yeah yeah, it was pretty it was pretty freaky. Yeah. And uh so anyway, it was kind of nice to see that uh, because we'd been thinking based on things that we'd seen in season 3 that Eleven herself was responsible for killing yep. all of the children mm -hmm. at Hawkins, yeah. which mentally and, made her feel like she was the monster out of all this. And, exactly. Yep. And uh so we we come to find out the true story now mm -hmm. this season, which which was pretty cool actually. Yeah. Um, and then the whole story of Vecna. And so then the kids at pretty much everybody in these remote areas of the country, whether they're in the Soviet Union or California or Hawkins, uh, they all uh end up trying to take on Vecna. Mm -hmm. And they manage uh, without actually having direct communication means, uh, for the most part, to figure out kind of what the other groups are doing um, yep. through various methods. And uh, so each group figures out how they're going to contribute to taking down Vecna. And so it's kind of cool to see all these different plans going into place in these different different areas of the, the world um and how this stuff is coming together to take out this this one character yep. um uh and so there's one uh when he's at the uh the hawkins lab the hot quote hospital mm -hmm. um and starting to exercise his power you can see the blood already <laughs> on his uh his uniform there yeah it was a it was a massacre 
Yep. He looks pretty evil. He, he is yeah. evil. He is really very evil. evil. <laughs> yeah. So essentially what happens is the um, they're unable to defeat him in the end. And um, he uh, takes Max. So Max is uh, one of the four people that he needs, the four final people that he needs to open up these, these gateways. And he takes her and he uh, kills her. <clears throat> uh, but fortunately, uh, Eleven is there uh, kind of in her mind remotely because, again, she's in another part of the country. And um, she uh, uses her powers to restart Max's heart and sort of bring her back. Mm -hmm. But she was dead for about a minute. So I think at the end of this episode, Max is in a hospital, kind of in a coma. Yeah. Um, and, and all her uh, limbs are broken, to be clear. So when, when, when Vecna does his whole thing, he destroys their mind and breaks all their limbs and, and, and leaves them in, in this horrible and take, state. And takes their eyes. Yeah, and takes her eyes so she couldn't see. Um, yeah. so that was, yeah, that got pretty, pretty nuts. And, and I thought that they were going to kill multiple people because there is another casualty, um, during the season, which is Eddie Munson. So we, we yep. get introduced to him, uh, and we lose him in the same season, unfortunately. Uh, but he, he has an epic battle with these, uh, crazy bats. Uh, and, and he goes out and demo bats. Awesome, yeah. Yeah. Demo bats. Uh, he goes out in an awesome, like, uh, um, uh, heavy metal uh, uh, battle. So his 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 uh, his final serenade, if you will, is uh, they have to create a distraction because uh, uh, they're in the uh, upside down at this point, and or at least one of the groups is, and they need to get into this house where they believe uh, Vecna's body is at. Uh, because while Vecna is doing his, you know, slaying of uh, Max, if you will, um, he's got to be somewhere uh, where he's kind of physically attached to things and whatnot. So they're going to break into the house and, and do what they need to do. Well, while they're in the upside down, they need a distraction to get these bats, the swarm of bats that, that kind of protect certain areas. So he's on top of this uh, camper and he's rocking out uh to this heavy metal song and trying to attract the uh the bats and at one point um the sh distraction is not good enough so he tries to draw the bats away by himself and uh he's got a a, a, a metal trash can lid with some nails and mm -hmm. uh basically kind of a, a handmade hatchet kind of thing and he's out there battling them uh and it was truly like an epic warrior type thing that he that he had going on i really felt uh proud of him because throughout the whole Throughout the whole season, he's had this thing that whenever something really hard comes up, he just runs away. Drugs were his mm -hmm. escape. Um, yep. He never really faced anything head on. And, and here he is battling for the survival of this town and, and fighting the bats head on. Uh, and, you know, to his demise, he he does fall in that battle, but he he served his purpose. He, he did what he needed yeah. to do. Um, and so I was well, really proud of that, but it was still kind of sucked. Yeah, and he's he he ends up dying defending the very town that was out to try to kill yes. him because they thought he was, he was the guy behind Worst all kind of these irony, murders, right? Right? Yeah, <laughs> they thought they thought he was the leader of the satanic cult. Yeah, uh, you know, Hell's Fire Club, and uh, that he was the reason all the bad stuff was happening, and he was behind all the murders. Um, and they even announced that in the news in the last few minutes that you know he's yeah. presumed dead, and I mean he is dead, but they think he's tied to all the other deaths. So yeah. I, I really feel bad for Eddie Munson, and and uh, I really loved his character in this. He was very, very dynamic, very charismatic. Uh, and he was the uh, he was the dungeon master for yes, the uh, for the, for the for group the that played yep. Dungeons and Dragons. The yep. well, the Hellfire Club, whose shirt I have on. Yes, yeah, yeah. I got that shirt again for Seth. I mean, we're all just happy he's wearing clothes, aren't we? I, I will. Yeah, we, I mean, we are. I'll have mine soon as well. I have placed my orders. So, oh. uh, <laughs> so I I don't know if it, if if you caught this, Seth or Charles or uh, Chris, when you watch this, but at the end, uh, it occurred to me that you've got all of these guys, uh, these kids that play Dungeons and Dragons. 
The Ooh. only one that dies in the show is the dungeon master. <laughs> <laughs> the only one who's died yet. Right. <laughs> well, true. True. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was kind of, uh, you know, made me wonder, did they think about doing that? In the beginning, oh, you know what? <laughs> Let's have all these D and D players, but only the dungeon master dies. <laughs> yes, so, yeah, he is dead though. You saw a body for sure. Oh yeah, yes. he's definitely dead. Oh, yeah. He's dead. Yeah, he's gone. Now, who we don't know is maybe necessarily dead is uh, Vecna. Right. Uh, I good, feel like good, he got. Awesome. Well, we know he's not. Oh, maybe maybe you don't, but we do. Okay, Linda yeah, and I, I yeah, I, I yeah, it could have been something in the last twenty minutes or so. So I suspect from where I stopped, I was like, wait, wait, what happened to Vecna? Uh, so I, I yeah, that'll probably get answered then. Uh, and obviously, yeah. there's going to be another season. So um, yeah. The, so the at, other so thing, at the ahead. end, sorry, Chris. So at the end, what what's the last thing you saw? The last thing Did I saw see? was the hospital scene when Eleven sees Max. Uh, okay. And Max had survived, and they said it was a miracle that her heart, you know, gotcha. restarted again after a minute. And and we know why that happened. It's because Eleven was there. And and to yeah. be clear, uh, uh, for anyone who hadn't watched it, what what was going on with that was, as as Bill mentioned, the groups were kind of spread out all over the world, right? Um, Eleven knew that they couldn't get to them physically in time to help, but uh, since they knew Max was the target. Um, she could do what was called a, a piggyback, piggyback. <laughs> and to, uh, to help protect Max, uh, and she could jump into Max's mind and, and help fight against, uh, uh, Vecna there. And so she did, she did help to that extent, but she ultimately, um, faltered a bit during that final battle and, uh, uh, Vecna did get what he needed out of Max. So, um, yeah. But she ended up doing her part, and and they were able to defeat the, him in this battle. Obviously, not kill him, uh, but yeah, that's that's what was going on with that. So I've got uh, an idea came to me uh, after the end of season four, mm-hmm. and so to kind of flesh out the idea, I got to kind of talk about the very end. So <clears throat> Vecna. <laughs> Vecna isn't dead, and what happens is he manages to get these four gateways created. Mm-hmm. And when he does that, these four gateways that are situated in the four corners of Hawkins, the four far four corners of Hawkins, they open up. And then we see branching out from them um, are these giant crevasses um you know glowing crevasses i mean imagine uh two tectonic plates kind of pulling apart and and that's yeah that's how they describe it they say uh there's a news clip that says you know and everyone's mass uh you know exiting the town at this point they're leaving in droves uh there's horrific damage all over the town uh and they say a 7.4 uh magnitude earthquake struck the town um and and so yeah that's that's what happened when uh when uh vecna was able to accomplish what he wanted to do yeah so we see you know smoke billowing out from these crevasses where they've gone under buildings and buildings have fallen in and collapsed and the center of town kind of where these um crevasses meet they kind of form like an x across Mm -hmm. the town and in the center uh, there's all this smoke billowing up. And what we see um, at the end, the last scene, um, is kind of this rumbling thunder in the sky. And our heroes, who have now all reunited in Hawkins, kind of go up to this open field area where they can get an overview of the town of Hawkins. And they see these big, this big uh, cross um, of crevasses and this big billowing smoke and you see the the red lightning uh inside there uh flashing within this black smoke that's coming out of it and all of a sudden all around them you see these little fine white ash particles falling everywhere and so what you can take from that is that now their hawkins is becoming 
is turning into the upside down. And when I saw that, it made me wonder if, um, what if what we're seeing here is taking place an infinite number of times across different different dimensions so that this oh are you trying to multiverse this yeah what we're seeing play out in the hawkins we know actually played out in the upside down some time ago and that they're kind of in this endless loop and that it's going to go on for infinity if our heroes don't find some way to break out of it this has all happened before and it will all happen again that's what so I'm the only reason That's... I would maybe well <laughs> okay, so there is an interesting phenomenon when they're in the upside down and they realize that there are objects there that were there from many, many years ago. So that's when they realize right. that the time that's how they figure out what time period that they're in. Right. There is an aspect of the time difference between the upside down and this. I don't know that I could get to multidimensional, but I, I see where you're going. And yeah. that actually brings a pretty interesting concept is that every time if one of these is open, you know, how many different times does that happen and in what other places and what other times? Right. Because right. that because that upside down was locked to that time period. Right. So right. presumably in the current one where where now the gateway is open, that new upside down world is locked in that time period and you could presumably open another one yeah. to another dimension that's locked in a different time period so right because in my mind uh, you know this uh, the hawkins hmm. that we know is now becoming the the new upside down for another hawkins that's only now starting to maybe deal with uh <laughs> one and eleven in hmm. in that in that lab in the in another dimension yeah. hawkins right yeah which means crossover with the mcu confirmed <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first on the 33 yeah. best fiction podcast <laughs> right right that's got to at least take us up to 32 <laughs> right we, we broke so the code. i could see then uh uh Here's a spinoff idea then, right? Okay. Where yep. you have these uh, mini series, a lot like, um, uh, I forget the name of that other horror show, uh, horror show that was out there, but that you other can have horror show? a horror show. Sorry. <laughs> horror show. Uh, horror, but you have horror. all of these different scenes in different parts of the US and different parts of, uh, or across the world for that matter. Uh, we have, uh, you know, strange things that happen and they all have elements from something of, um, uh, the upside down in them. And you could do mystery series based off of that. And each one can be unique to an extent, so long as they tie back to, uh, the upside down and you could, mm -hmm. you could do that for a long time. And this could just be like one of the origin stories of how yeah. in this time period of the one that we're watching they had a telepath that they knew that they were going to need to fight this upside down but maybe right. there's a, a reality where they don't have that yet you know right. so how did they right. deal with it um or ones that did have a telepath that successfully was able to guard against it and, and shut it down i don't know like i think there could be something interesting to work with with that i like that I'm wondering if at the end of season five because I think season five is going to be the last season right mm -hmm. from what I understand I I wonder if they'll do it in such a way that they could leave um, an option open for a Stranger Things movie, maybe, I don't know, 10 years down the road or something. That could be interesting. Yeah. Where they where they thought it's been done and they've all moved on with their lives. Maybe bring yeah. the cast back in and a we, decade. Reunion. And, yeah. yeah. Reunite with them and, and <clears throat> maybe there's some new disaster maybe the duffer brothers will see this and think my idea is great and <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to see like um an x-files version with just murray oh yeah, yeah. actually yeah That'd even like great. a prequel kind of thing would be pretty yeah, yeah. just yeah, whatever right. whatever strange yeah. doesn't even have to be related just that no. their character in yeah I would yuri just... and uh yuri and uh murray 
I don't think a prequel with Murray no. would be good. I think you, no. he should get like a series between seasons two and three of him, of the weird <laughs> sh- stuff he's yeah. looking into while getting <laughs> yes. his yes. black belt skills. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. And, and learning Russian. Yes, that would be pretty epic. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, we could call oh. it the the Uris, Yuri and Murray. <laughs> so, Uris. do you guys know what uh, Vecna is based on? Jack Vance. Who? Char- Charles has <laughs> got an it. Anagram. It's an anagram for a science fiction writer that was the inspiration oh. to Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. Yeah. So uh, Vecna was one of the original big bads of the Dungeons and Dragons multiverse. Like even before there was a multiverse or a concept of a multiverse. Uh okay. Vecna was this it or is this legendary arch lich that oh. who has been uh in the lore of D ever since first edition oh wow and yeah well seth the... whatever you do don't mention that to benito oh benito <laughs> knows i don't want to face a legendary arch lich <clears throat> well you know what though that 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 lends more to maybe a multiverse type of thing being possible where he is the constant uh evil across different types of series that you could do well, yeah. that, in the Stranger Things world, yeah, that is actually kind of the thing is because Vecna like started off as a uber powerful lich in his home world, uh, and oh. eventually got cast into the multiverse where he decided that he was going that uh, not only was he going to become a god, he was going to kill all the other gods and become the only god of the multiverse. Ooh. Huh. And okay. made pretty good, uh, pretty good, uh, some pretty good progress toward that goal <laughs> at, at the end of uh, version 2.5 of Dungeons and Dragons. And his defeat actually kind of rebooted the universe a little bit. From Dungeons and Dragons 2.5 to hmm. 3 and 3.5. Hmm. And there, there are some hints that Vecna is going to be the neck the big bad that ends Dungeons and Dragons fifth ed. Really? Ooh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. Anybody upset about uh, seeing this guy leave? Nope. <laughs> No, so we finally get to see uh, him bite it. Um, I was gonna say, by leave, do you mean die horribly? Yes. Yeah, probably not as horribly as I would have liked. Uh, no. Eleven was gonna give us the the ending he deserved, right? Um, but um, unfortunately, so we're showing a picture of Pop. Well, yeah, so I'll I'll fill in a, a gap here. So, so he did die of a broken heart, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, damaged was... by a large caliber uh, weapon. So yeah. Uh, there is a a, a two kind of opposing parties here and and one is uh, a group, the scientists that are trying to use the telepaths to fight the upside down uh, Vecna and the military who just thinks that they're making the problem worse and they all need to go and they're going to put a bullet in Eleven's brain so um, ultimately the military finds out where they've taken Eleven because in, in this season Obviously, Eleven didn't have her power, so they're trying to get him back. So he is responsible for helping Eleven get her powers back and knew where she would draw on the source of that power. Uh, but ultimately, the military finds out where they're where they're uh, doing their experiments and comes and crashes the party, uh, kills everybody there, uh, including the doctor, as they're trying to escape. And uh, um, that's when another the group of friends shows up and rescues uh, Eleven. Uh, from there, but uh, yeah, everyone else uh, down there pretty much uh, bites it. Although I don't know that we saw what happened with the general and him. We didn't. Uh, we didn't. So I'm assuming uh-huh. that uh, they're still alive. They're going to come back for season five to play some kind of 
uh, role. But uh, the military is out to get Eleven, uh, and they're not a fan of what these uh, doctors are doing. So, but yeah, yeah, Papa, Papa finally bites it, um, and Eleven doesn't give him the satisfaction of you know I saying that, that he's not a, a monster. Eleven grows up and walks away, and is like, "Bye, Papa." And yeah, he's like, "I did it for you. I did it for you." And you yeah, know, please tell me you understand, understand that. And she's just like, "Bye, Papa." Yep. Gets up and walks away. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, she uh, by that point she definitely knows that he would have framed her for killing all the other kids, though, right? Well, he didn't really frame her for that. He didn't. Well, yeah. Didn't he well, you guys he, said, <laughs> he it was a way of mentally controlling her to yeah. make her think that maybe she did it, but he didn't paint that picture because he always knew what the truth was. And that was number one was the monster. Right. So it was more of a control thing for him, but he didn't like publicly go around and was like, hey, you know, Eleven killed all those kids or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And he was right that Eleven was extremely dangerous, but, you know, he was trying to get her to reach her full potential because he also knew what they were up against. So yeah. one of the other things I wanted to cover is, is you discover in the season that, that Will has, um, uh, strong feelings uh for mike 11 and that and that uh uh was it mike or 11 well i both. figured it was more it's mike. maybe both i want to say it's mike yeah oh uh, you think yeah oh yeah because it because what what happens isn't so much jealousy over 11 it's that he can't he's having a hard time sharing what his feelings are i think i think mm-hmm. if he i think if he had a crush on on 11 that would be taken a little bit more differently you'd see more competition and that right. wasn't this this was um you know will has uh you know he's fallen in love with 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 mike and mm-hmm. at the same time in supporting mike because mike's his friend right uh you know he's telling mike you know here here's how you fix your relationship with 11 or or you need to know you're the glue that holds everyone together right and you find that that uh will had been working on this painting uh so he says 11 commissioned him to do it i'm not sure how true that is versus him just doing this uh painting with uh mike as kind of the leader the, the glue that holds this thing together but we come to find out that you know, Will it starts this. Uh, it tells Mike what he needs to hear in order to kind of help him move forward with Eleven, and and he kind of breaks down after that, trying to quietly, you know, mm-hmm. looks away. And his yeah. brother notices that. Um, his yeah. brother uh, Jonathan uh, realizes that, and there's a scene later on where he kind of reminds uh, Will, "Hey, I'm still your brother. I'm always here for you. You can talk to me about anything." You know, and and he kind of gives him a hint, like, "Hey, I know you're struggling, and I know you have something to say, but you know, I'm here for you if you want to talk about it." Mm-hmm. So this was kind of, you know, Will's coming out uh, in in season four, and uh, uh, we'll see where that goes. But he's having to let a friend go that that he cares for because he's in love with someone else. Doesn't maybe doesn't maybe feel the same way about him, or it right. likely doesn't. So that's been a that's going to huh. be a struggle for him. Oh, that's that's very good insight. I missed that completely. I thought oh, his tears. I thought he was so upset because he was telling his best friend how to mend his relationship with the girl that he yeah, loved. Yeah, then the upset part was that he's having to acknowledge that that you know he's not going to feel the same way about him, and that's sure. got to hurt to be like yeah. you know someone that you love. Here is you know here's how you yeah. mend that. Well, um, that's why that hurts so much because otherwise he would he wouldn't be doing it, and it wasn't so much yeah, out yeah. of like friendship like like i said they could they could take a different tone with that um i feel like there's been there's been more than just that there's been signs along the way yeah and he said about he's talked about feeling different or being different um uh and so all that kind of led up to that to that scene and so that scene really kind of if you didn't get it by then here it is now right um and so there was there was that so it was very subtle uh to a degree um yeah but i did i did like the fact that he wasn't alone uh in that um you know jonathan ultimately comes to him and says you can come to me about anything you know yeah um and it looks like jonathan and um what's the girl's name name? (laughs) uh nancy nancy Mm -hmm. right jonathan and nancy they're kind of got a 
three-way going on there be uh, tri love triangle between yeah Nancy with uh, yeah so that one's yeah steve and jonathan are, are truly like yeah they're all in love with the same person and that one's just kind of confusing and hard yeah. to know where that's gonna go bill right. i cannot stress enough how different a love triangle is from a three-way <laughs> <laughs> you know well couldn't a love triangle lead into a three-way it can but they are very different things bill yeah, yeah oh. right i uh, fully agree with that <laughs> i i knew that wasn't the right word when i used it uh but i was grasping for the anyways. love triangle yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> point taken <laughs> All right. Well, I cool. thought this well, season went very differently than what I was expecting for a second there, Bill. <laughs> Netflix was going to kick it up a notch, is all. You know. That's right. Yes. Netflix after dark. <laughs> Netflix and chill. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, looks like we're about 50 minutes in, so we ran a little long on this one, but we did have a lot to talk about for this episode. So, um, um, Hope, uh, hope you guys are enjoying Stranger Things, too. Let us know what you think. Uh, season five, they're setting that up, obviously. Uh, we've got the, the whole potential for Hawkins turning into the new Upside Down. Vecna's still out there. And uh, so they're going to have to take some action and, and, and turn it up a notch. And I don't know how much more they can turn it up. I mean, it seems like Eleven's kind of been... Uh, working well beyond her capacity already trying to fight Venice. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they bring this all home. So anyway, uh, thank you guys for uh, coming on and, and talking about the episode with us. And um, if you guys have uh, thoughts out there in uh, galactic driftwood land, please post your comments on the chat and we will try to answer them in a future show. So take care. Thank you all. And we will see you next time. Later. <laughs> I think. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.